Welcome to the Caps Locks and Chair Shots podcast with your host, Ed Burkeen. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, ladies and gentlemen, whatever and wherever you may be listening to us. You have your ears locked in to the Caps Locks and Chair Shots podcast. My name is Ed Burkeen. I am your host for these festivities. And joining me as always, he is the muscle of the podcast, future social media champion, and puffs. All of Southeast Asia, he is the one, the only, the Jaime. What's up, wrestling fans? Let's do this. And also joining me is my arch nemesis, my tag team partner, my very best friend. You know him from all around the pools of Baltimore, but now you can only find his wrestling stuff right here. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Johnny Bananas. What's up, guys? Let's rock. All right, ladies and gentlemen, given that we are on the heels of the money in the bank yet again, we're going to do a special money in the bank show. We're going to rate 16 money in the bank winners, and we're going to give you a breakdown of how we came up with this list, what the rules are, and how we're going to decide who the ultimate money in the bank briefcase winner is. But first... We're going to start this show how we start every show, and that is with our one big thing. Hi, Bay. What you got, buddy? Malachi Black. Oh, yes. The debuting of... Are we going to refer to him as Dad or Tommy End or Alistair Black or... I'm surprised he didn't go back to Tommy End. I am, but I'm I'm just glad to see him, but... Once again, AEW is going to run into a point to where they're going to start running out of TV time for all of these guys that everybody wants to see. So we're going to see how that goes. Daniel, give me a little bit about the All-Star game. What do you got? Um, excited for the home run derby. It's a huge, as an O's fan, it's a big story seeing Mancini there after everything that he just recent, recently went through. Absolutely. Um, so it's... Is something that I'm extremely looking forward to. I'm probably looking forward to that more than the All-Star game. I feel like there were – I know we are not a team that has been doing much, but I feel like there were a few snubs um, as far as as far as far it goes for the O's with the All-Star game. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, you're going to have that every year, despite the fact they just proved you wrong about Trey Turner and Nolan Arenado, but that's a conversation. That's crazy because you looked up Trey Turner. It's not even who we were talking about. Justin Turner. Whatever. Get your facts right, kid. Uh-huh. Anyway, that's another show for another time. My one big thing is the history. In fact, it was yesterday, 25 years ago, 1996, July 7th, the Bash at the Beach, the NWO was formed. And then something we missed the day before that, it was the largest Monday Nitro in WCW history, and it saw Goldberg continue his streak and beat Hollywood Hulk Hogan for the World Heavyweight Championship. How about that, guys? It's crazy that the two biggest moments in WCW history happened just a day apart 
albeit several years, but just a day apart on the calendar. That is, that, that is some good stuff. You got to love wrestling history because it seems like every day something big has happened, especially around the Attitude Era. But I'm just glad we got to live it. All right. Let's get to the tournament. Bet you are glad you got to live it because oh, you're yeah. old. Well, hey, with age comes beauty, my friend, and not necessarily physical. And that's why you have a face for radio. Exactly. All right. The rules of this tournament are simple. We came up with 16 tournament winners or 16 money in the bank winners. The winners of the you had to win your cash in matches. OK, Um. now that is an important stipulation because that means since Braun Strowman's cash in ended in a no contest with Brock Lesnar. He's not in the tournament, but since John <laughs> Cena won his cash in on CM Punk by disqualification, Cena's in. Uh, we seated the 16 people at random. We will go down the tournament list here shortly. Now, you two, pay attention. You're going to score the winners on the strength of the cash-in, the surprise of the cash-in. For example, John Cena announcing his a few weeks earlier, maybe not that big of a surprise. How long their title reign was after the cash-in, who their opponent was, and... Who would win in a one-on-one matchup as they appear on the bracket? Now, it's not just the wrestler. It's the wrestler in that year. So take that all into account. For example, CM Punk now, he's retired versus CM Punk in 2009. You guys good with that? Yeah. Yeah. All righty. So here we go. Here is the tournament roster. For our little shindig, getting the number one seed, Rob Van Dam in 2006. He will take on Alberto Del Rio circa 2011. Seth Rollins in 2014 will take on The Miz in 2010. Dolph Ziggler in 2012 will take on Brock Lesnar in 2019. Dean Ambrose in 2016 will take on CM Punk in 2009. Daniel Bryan in 2011 will take on Jack Swagger in 2010. John Cena in 2012 will take on Kane in 2010. Randy Orton in 2013 will take on CM Punk in 2008. And Sheamus in 2015 will take on the first ever winner, Edge, in 2005. So, are you guys ready? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Now, we will be giving you some facts about each cash-in. And some money in the bank totals as well. For example, there have been four time or four events when a money in the bank briefcase has been won. Money in the bank, hell in the cell, which of course featured the Miz winning the title or winning the briefcase over Otis. WrestleMania, where the money in the bank match started, and Monday Night Raw when Edge won the money in the bank briefcase over Mr. Kennedy. Kennedy. All right. We also have, there have been 19, well, 18 winners. The 19th will be coming, maybe, uh, unless there is a repeat winner. And it doesn't, uh, Seth Rollins could be a repeat winner, I believe. There have been 68 competitors, counting the 12 that have been announced 
for this next coming Money in the Bank. That does not count the women as well. We will get to some women's stats here in a little bit. The briefcase has been held for six years, one week, 12 hours, and 42 minutes. Obviously, that is subject to change after the next match. There have been 16 people that have had the briefcase cashed in on them. Now, once again, that does not count the women's side of things. There have been 17 successful cash-ins, 14 unsuccessful cash-ins, and one no decision. And, of course, we all know that one decision was, or no decision was Braun Strowman. There have been 11 different months that the money in the bank has been cashed in. The only month that did not see a cash-in has been September. And there have been 11 different shows where the money in the bank briefcase has been cashed in on. Now, just to give you a frame of reference, there is only... <laughs> uh, we'll get to that later. All right, so are you guys ready for our first matchup? Rob Van Dam versus Alberto Del Rio. Daniel, I want to start with you here. Rob Van Dam. Let's talk a little bit about that 2006 cash-in. How would you rate that after all the criteria explained, how would you rate that cash in? Towards the bottom. Okay. Uh, he ca- he held the briefcase for 70 days. He cashed it in on John Cena at ECW One Night Stand. And he defended the contract and won the Intercontinental Championship from Shelton Benjamin during that time. Jaime, talk to me about Alberto Del Rio. How do you feel about Del Rio's cash in? Well, his cash-in is better than Van Damme's because for Van Damme, the highlight of his cash-in was the Edge Spear. But at least for Del Rio, he had something for himself when he cashed that. Okay. Just to give you some frame of reference, Del Rio held the briefcase for 28 days. He defeated CM Punk at SummerSlam. And he defeated Punk after Punk beat Cena to become the undisputed WWE champion after Punk was attacked by Kevin Nash. So, Jaime, your argument's kind of irrelevant. That happened at TLC Tables, Ladders and Chairs 2011. So, gentlemen, it sounds like you both have already given me your winner. Who do you have? You know, I'm actually looking over this one more time. I'm actually going to take Van Dam. Okay. Hi, May. Who you got? Um, I'm taking Del Rio. Well, that leaves me to be the tiebreaker. And I'm with Dan on this one. I'm going to go with RVD, mainly because I think you all do not remember just how amazing that event, that second one-night stand was. When Van Dam tore the roof off the place and beat John Cena. So that that's kind of why I flipped too a little bit. Cause thinking back to that one night stand and kind of how that and how that was and just who he beat for the title and what he did defending it and getting the IC title and also you just look at the quality of stars in each match. It's uh, I mean you, you have your current WWE champion in that match. Yeah, exactly. So, and not to mention, RVD announced this beforehand. So he said, I'm going to do this at one night stand. 
So there we have it. Uh, let's move on as RVD moves on to the second round. It'll be Seth Rollins circa 2014 against The Miz in 2010. Jaime, talk to me about Seth Rollins in 2014. Seth Rollins cashing in 2014 came out of nowhere. Like just when we thought Roman Reigns was going to topple Brock Lesnar over, Seth Rollins' old music hits. He runs to the ring. Oh, yeah, yeah. Roman Spears Brock. He curb stumps Roman. I, it, it honestly was one of the more... I haven't been that shocked, especially during a WrestleMania, in a long time. Dan, talk to me about The Miz circa 2010. Dan. Sorry, my bad. Uh, my bad. Um, so I believe that was the one where he defeated Orton. Orton for the title right after Orton was attacked by Nexus, correct? That is correct. He did it on a Monday Night Raw on November 22nd, 2010. He had held a briefcase for 127 days. This leads up to The Miz coining himself the most must-see WWE champion of all time with some of his promos leading up and after WrestleMania that year. Man, this that was a stacked match, too. It had Chris Jericho, Edge, Evan Bourne, John Morrison, Mark Henry, Randy Orton, and Ted DiBiase. So, match. All right, Dan, give me a winner. Who do we got? I, you, you have to. I think Rollins is a walk away with this one just simply because of where he did it, how he did it, the reaction, everything about it. So you're going with Rollins. Jaime, who you got? Uh, I agree with Dan there. He did All it on right. Mania. So we're going with Seth freaking Rollins right here. And just a, a few facts about Rollins there. And let me put his name into our tournament pool. Oh, man, that's a good round two matchup. Oh, indeed it is. Rollins in 2014, he took on Dean Ambrose, Dolph Ziggler, Kofi Kingston, Jack Swagger, and... Rob Van Dam. He had held the briefcase for 273 days. He cashed it in at WrestleMania 31. He was the very first to cash in during a live match. He was the first to successfully cash in over two competitors, and he had the longest time holding the briefcase for on the men's side. So there we uh, go. You want to talk about a stacked match, Dan? That may have been more stacked. Yeah, no, I I don't disagree with you. But the other big thing that you're, you're leaving off about that, he also was the first competitor to cash in at a WrestleMania. I do believe that is incorrect. Let me check. No, that is correct. Yes, he was WrestleMania 31. In fact, he has been the only yeah. one to cash in at WrestleMania. Good catch there, big guy. All right, let's move on. And I have a feeling we know exactly where this one's going to go, but I still got to ask anyway. Dolph Ziggler, 2012 versus Brock Lesnar, 2019. Daniel, make a case for Dolph Ziggler. Um, well, first off, let's go over who was in the match. So because we got to put this into consideration when we're talking about these. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Ziggler, absolutely. Christian, Cody Rhodes, 
Sandow, Santino Morella, Sankara, Tensai, and Tyson Kidd. That's a lot now, of athleticism. There is a lot of athleticism in there, but this almost feels like this match was designed for Ziggler to win. None of those guys that I just named, I, I know we're talking circa 2012, but none of those guys that I named besides Christian really ever did anything well, on a high-card level, but well, not in the WWE. And not at that time. He was He hadn't even broken his nose yet. In fact, he breaks his nose in this match. This is before he wore a mask. He was still dashing Cody Rhodes. Sandow hadn't quite gained – well, he wasn't Mizdow yet, so he hadn't quite gotten so as much traction as he had. Santino was still being taken seriously, kind of. Uh, Sin Cara was hot coming off of his run down below the border. But even then, uh, Tensai, I believe, is coming off the feud with John Cena here. But you're also talking about this almost – you look at this. When you look at these names and you think WWE – you think jobber and tag team wrestlers almost exclusively. Yeah. I mean, I guess the, the, after Christian, the, the big name would have been Tensai and then Sin Cara and then Tyson kid. That was WWE circa 2012. This seemed like it should have been for an intercontinental championship to yeah. be quite honest. So we, we talk about how he did this. Um, he defended the briefcase twice, once against Jericho and once against Cena. So that kind of helps his case in this scenario. Um, and he ended up defeating Del Rio, I believe. Yes, after Del Rio uh, beat Zeb Coulter and Jack Swagger in a handicap match on a Raw on April 8, 2013. He has actually held the, the briefcase the second longest time at 267 days. Now, so... Like I said, I have a feeling where we're going. Jaime, you don't have to make much of a case, but let's talk about Brock Lesnar in 2019. Go ahead. No, 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 no. I'm the I'm the host of the show. I need you for content. Well, he he was just he was just a part timer, and he was a surprise entrant. Like it was Mustafa Ali. Andrade, Baron Corbin, Drew McIntyre, Finn Balor, Orton, Ricochet. Like, they could have given it to Orton or Drew McIntyre, but, or Andrade. But suddenly, Brock Lesnar came, and he snatched it from everybody. Well, I mean, that's quite a list you just ran down. It's kind of it's sad to me that that's all we're going to see in Mustafa Ali. That kind of ended his... I mean, there that's a whole nother show we need to talk about, but you look at that I mean, you look at that list right there. Yes, Lesnar won. Corbin arguably would have been a surprise, but you know, we've seen Otis win it, so <laughs> you got Drew McIntyre, Finn Balor, Randy Orton, all would have been great. You knew Ricochet and probably Ali would have been in there just for the athleticism. And Andrade could have won it, to be honest. But we all knew as soon as Lesnar was in there, he was going to get it. Uh, he wound up holding the briefcase for, well, Paul Heyman held the briefcase for 56 days. He cashed in on Seth Rollins at Extreme Rules after Seth and Becky Lynch defended their collective titles against Baron Corbin and Lacey Evans in a mixed tag match that was underwhelming. So we're all in agreement here. Brock Lesnar moves on, yes? Uh, 
Go ahead, Jaime. Make your case for who you want. Who who are you going with, Ziggler or Lesnar? I'm going to mix it up a bit here. I'm going with Brock Lesnar. I'm going to mix it up by giving the obvious answer. what What is the criteria again? Just refresh my memory. The criteria. Strength of the cash in. So the surprise. Um, the title reign after holding the belt, the opponent on who they cashed in on, and who would win one-on-one. So, objectively, if you look at it, the strength of the cash-in... Is about the same. Yeah, more or less. That's on Ziggler's side. No. He defeated Del Rio after he beat Coulter and Swagger in a handicap match. Well, to be fair, Seth got pretty beaten down by Corbin. Becky carried that match. So I'm going to agree on Jaime on that. I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Lesnar as well, just to be clear. I just kind of want it, you know. Okay. All right. Just, well, just kind of wanted some clarification to make sure I couldn't make a case for Ziggler. This is an open and shut case. Brock Lesnar moves on. All right. Let's go to the next one. And we have Dean Ambrose 2016 versus CM Punk in 2009. Dan, you're up. Talk to me about the unhinged Dean Ambrose. Uh, one of my favorite all-time WWE superstars. Um, he was in the match with Del Rio, Cesaro, Jericho, Owens, and Zayn. You got to give some love for that talent right there. Yeah, absolutely. I was getting ready to say to me, probably you look around at the one before it. This definitely was a money in the bank match that did not disappoint. And I remember this match. Uh, We have to love the Owens and Zane battles that they get into every single time he cashed in on Seth Rollins. This is the second shortest holding of the briefcase, a little under an hour, if I'm not mistaken. That is correct. Uh, and he beat Rollins after Rollins beat Reigns to win the title. That is correct as well. Glad so read my research. All three of the Shield members in that sense held the title within minutes. Within an hour of one another, they had all been, uh, yeah, they had all been champions. Uh, so probably one of the best title reigns in the recent memory too. Ambrose holding the title. Honestly, very forgettable for me. Uh, I had to go through and watch a little bit of stuff to remember it, but eh. yeah, like I, good for his career, but the manner think, he won it, doesn't it seem forced? The eh, manner he won it. I think it was more or less, it seemed like they were trying to appease him to get him to stay. And that's well, this what was kind way of before he wanted to leave. Uh, depending on who you listen to and which dirt sheet you decided to call an idiot. Not so much. Jaime, talk to me about CM Punk 2009. Now, mind you, remember where we are at. Pipe Bomb promo is coming up here real soon. He held the box for 63 days. He cashed in on Jeff Hardy. He was in the match. This was also at WrestleMania 25, so... Uh, he was in the match with Christian Finley, Kane, K- 
Kofi, Mark Henry, MVP, and Shelton Benjamin in one of the best Money in the Bank matches there ever was and probably ever will be. He defeated Jeff Hardy after Hardy defeated Edge in a ladder match. He This was the second of his back-to-back wins, and he cashed in at Extreme Rules. So, Jaime, make me a case for CM Punk. Yeah, that was like the precursor of CM Punk, the star. Like, we only know CM Punk as a good wrestler back then, somebody with potential. But it was unleashed in year 2009, because this was also the year when he built the Straight Edge Society, right? Yes. This is before he got in with all the new Nexus stuff and the core or whatever it was. So this was the precursor of CM Punk, the superstar. That we all loved watching. All right. So we're going to be sitting out with Dan for the next two or so. So Jaime, I'm going to go with you. We're going to argue on this. It sounds like we have a really strong match. Who do you have? Punk or Ambrose? I'm going with going with Punk. And I'm going to agree with you. I know Dan's going to be quite heated when he comes back, but. Honestly, as much as this means for CM Punk's career, I think we got to go with Punk there. All right, so here we have our next matchup, and Dan, you can rejoin us just whenever you can. We have Daniel Bryan in 2011 versus Jack Swagger in 2010. Now, as I was coming up with this tournament, I thought this was one of the more slam dunks there at a Wrestlemania talk to me about it like Jack Swagger it sort of came out of nowhere because Jack Swagger's money in the bank win like there everyone except him was actually deserving to win that he was like a throw-in but he was the one who won it all at the end of the night right yeah Jack go ahead yeah, like, but even Drew McIntyre, like, he was still the chosen one during this time. Like, his push could have, he could have gotten his push early on. He could have won it. They gave it the swagger. Right. Uh, just to fill you in on who else was in that match, Christian, Dolph Ziggler, Drew McIntyre, Evan Bourne, Kane, Kofi, and Matt Hardy. Uh, just an interesting Nope, we're going to hold off. Uh, Yeah, this would be the first of two Money in the Bank matches in that year that would see Christian and Dolph Ziggler, Andrew McIntyre, and Kofi Kingston to appear in the same match. Let's see. Yes, because Dolph Ziggler was not in either one. Oh, wait, Dolph Ziggler was also in that as well so it was pretty much a rematch from wrestlemania save well kane i guess <laughs> and matt hardy was not in oh wait matt hardy was in the second one so the only person not to appear in the one in in uh for kane's win later on in that year was kane wait kane everybody evan was Bo- in that match oh evan born evan born evan born was not in that match so there you have it yeah the big show wasn't stuck. Uh, yes, that is correct. 
Dan, welcome back. Talk to me about Daniel Bryan. 2011. Uh, so let's case. let's run through Cody Rhodes. He's uh this point in time, Cody Rhodes a little bit better of a run. I believe this was after this was after the mask. Am I correct? Uh, yes. Yeah, because he uh, broke his nose at WrestleMania. So after we have the the, Rhodes scholars. This was that? during the mask. This was during the mask. Oh, okay. He Slater, when He Slater, I guess, was the leader of 3MB, if I have my timeline correct. No, this I believe this is still Nexus territory, or the core territory. Ah. Justin Gabriel, Kane, Sheamus, Sankara, and Wade Barrett. Uh, he attempted to cash it in on Mark Henry, only to have it nullified. Why right. was it nullified again? I'm going to have to do some research on that. I'm not 100% sure. It could have been some Vicky Guerrero hijinks. Ah, okay. And then the cash-in was on the big show. As much as I hate to say this, I feel like this is kind of a a forgettable cash-in almost. I feel like this... I feel like either one of these do not make it past the second round. Uh, Yeah, that's a tough matchup going... Ooh, no, it isn't. That's a weak matchup going forward. Um, Just to give my two cents, I mean, I thought Daniel Bryan's cash-in was way more of a surprise, mainly because, well, for one, despite the fact that Mark Henry beat the crap out of the Big Show after the Big Show won, you have Daniel Bryan, who's 180-ish something pounds, against the Big Show, who I believe they were saying was 460 at the time. That's still, anytime anybody is outweighed by over 200 pounds, the winner is a shock. And I believe that's what we had here. Uh, I think Daniel Bryan's is more of a surprise, but I don't know. I mean, eh, what do you guys think? Who wins, Dan? I'm going to go with Daniel Bryan. Hi, man. I'm going with Jack Swagger here. Interesting. That leaves it up to me, uh, Daniel Bryan, just, just, just because. Now, I do believe, oh, hold on a second. Was this B-plus player territory? No, that's later on. That was later on. Pretty sure I wrote about that later on. Anyway, we're going with D-Bry for 2011. As soon as I spell it right to put him in the field. All right, let's move on to the next one. Here we have John Cena 2012 versus Kane 2010. Now, I made a reference to why Cena was in this and not Braun Strowman. That's because Cena technically won the match, but it was by disqualification. This is also the... Second of three in a row that took place, the occasions that took place on a Monday Night Raw. This was the first non-successful cash-in. Cena held it for eight days after announcing on the Raw prior that the cash-in would be at Raw 1000. And it came in on, he won the Money in the Bank, the Money in the Bank briefcase with the smallest field. However, it is interesting to point out all of the members of that Money in the Bank briefcase match were former world champions with Cena, Big Show, Jericho 
Kane and The Miz. Daniel, talk to me about this. This is probably one of the most memorable cash-ins at all. I went to cash-in on CM Punk, and he won the match by DQ. Like, there's not really much more to say about this. He called a shot. Uh, Big Show ruined it for him. I, I don't see this moving on. Okay. Let's talk about Kane in 2010, Jaime. How do you feel about it? Well, Kane, Kane's cash-in was pretty... It was, like, pretty obvious because he defeated Rey Mysterio. Like, who would who would lose to a, to a downed Rey Mysterio, to a weakened Ooh. Rey Mysterio? Hey, yo, we're not going to stand for this Rey Mysterio slander, all right? That's not nice, Jaime. That's not nice at all. Rey Mysterio is a freaking legend, all right? You will show some respect. Anyway, let's talk about the Kane match itself. One of the larger fields, and not just poundage, but also in star power. Now, as we said, this was more or less a excuse me, a rematch from the WrestleMania as Christian, Dolph Ziggler, Drew McIntyre, Noah Evanborn, Kane, Kofi, and Matt Hardy, who all appeared in the WrestleMania 26 Jack Swagger win, also appeared in the 2010 Money in the Bank win by Kane. You can also add The Big Show, Cody Rhodes, and that's it, to that match. Now, Kane held the briefcase for the shortest time in history, just 49 minutes, and he defeated Mysterio after Mysterio defended his crown. Or no, wait, did Mysterio win from Jack Swagger? Yeah. I'll be darned, he did, yes. That means Swagger had a very short reign himself. Only a few months. So, Jaime, you got anything else you want to say about Kane? No. So who wins, fellas? Go ahead, Jaime. I'll be a gentleman. I'm going with Cena here. Uh, Okay. Daniel? I'm actually going with Cena as well. That is, honestly, I'm kind of shocked by this. I, If you go by the criteria now, if you look at the criteria, the strength of the cash-in, well, it never, I mean, I guess you can say the match was great. There was no surprise to it. There was no title reign following it. And who would win in a one-on-one? Cena would, obviously. So you guys are playing with your heart. By the rules, it should be Kane, but I'm outvoted three to two or two to one, I guess. I can't do math. Cena 2012 wins. All right, let's move on to the second to last match in the first round. Randy Orton 2013 versus CM Punk's first win in 2008. Dan, make your case for either one of these men. Let's look at Punk. Okay. Let's look at his competitors, Carlito, Chris Jericho, John Morrison, MVP, Mr. Kennedy, and Shelton Benjamin. Kennedy. Held held it for 92 days. This was the first of his two successful wins. He beat Edge to win the title. It was on a Raw, if I'm not mistaken. June 30th, 2008. He had help, though. 
So it's important to point that out. That is true. Who it was? Who do you have help from? Batista. Okay, so that Edge got attacked by Batista on that one. Um, I think when you look at the quality of competitors in this match, it it's pretty it's pretty good. I I don't honestly remember the match off the top of my head. We're talking, you know, back in two thousand eight when I was still a wee lad in high school. So that depresses me. I had been to Iraq and back, but that's beside the point. So you're you're looking at a a pretty good matchup here, a pretty good lineup. I'm gonna say, you know, we're gonna wait to hear what Jaime has to say, but I think Punk might run away with this one. All right, Jaime. Defend Randy Orton 2013. Now, to give you a little bit of stuff on Orton in 2013, this was the second match on the card. It didn't really have much competition. The first one was stacked with talent, but it was won by a surprise in Damian Sandow. Orton held the briefcase for 35 days. He cashed in on Daniel Bryan. Now, remember the match. I mean, I'm going to let you talk about that match for a little bit. Daniel Bryan had just beat John Cena to win the championship. Now, Jaime... Uh, go. Jaime. Or don't go. Jaime, are you with us? Sorry. Muted. Okay. <laughs> so that was the <laughs> that was the ultimate underdog story. Like John Cena was going to pick somebody that he wanted to face for the title. He picked somebody from the back. He picked Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan excelled with flying colors, defeated John Cena for the title. That's when the drama starts, when Randy Orton cashes in. Yeah, this was the height of the B-plus player, I guess, thing, Um, which honestly was one of the hottest storylines there was. Um, So if we look at it, Triple H attacked Bryan to assist Orton Triple H was the special guest referee. If we, I mean, just this made Daniel Bryan. If he wasn't already, this kind of put that, what, 17 seconds at WrestleMania against Sheamus. It's kind of put that in that far back. And this proved that he was on the scene. I know how I'm leaning. Jaime, I want to hear how you're leaning. Who wins? I'm picking Orton here. I already Daniel. gave you my answer. So you're going Orton as well? No. Going Punk. Well, we're going Orton just because of how just hot that storyline was. Like, Dude, I knew you were going to pick Orton. That's why I went Punk. You are such a homer, man. you yes. got to be objective when you do this kind of stuff. Okay. Let's this, of- I am filing a protest. This bracket is now under investigation for homerism. You're right, and since I run the show, I'm going to conduct my own investigation right now. No, absolutely not. This is being investigated the by an outside arbitrator. You're right. My son just investigated it. He's five. He says the bracket stands. Now, if since you want to raise a big stink still about it, under, let's, still under let's protest. look at the criteria. Strength of the cash-in. Super hot storyline. Orton, I mean, that you can't get any stronger than that. Yes, Punk is a good wrestler. But 2008, this was more about Batista and Edge than it was Punk winning the World Heavyweight Championship. 
not to mention it was for the main belt, the WWE championship for Randy Orton. It was also, like I said, the height of the B plus player movement. You got to remember, everybody was behind Daniel Bryan. This was the beginning of the yes chance, which we still see eight years later by for not just Daniel Bryan, for everybody. And it's not just combined in the WWE. You see it everywhere. Sporting events, NBA, NFL, everywhere does the yes stuff. And this was when it started. You know, this cemented the authority storyline. And, you know, it turned Randy Orton back into the real huge a-hole that he was. There's no contest here, Dan. I I don't understand why you're thinking that this should be anybody else other than Randy Orton. Yes, Punk's was good, but Orton's was so hot. And it made one of the biggest stars in, w, in the WWE in the last 10 years. So I think your argument is irrelevant. Under investigation. Let's move on to the final matchup of the first round. Sheamus, 2015 versus the first ever Money in the Bank champion, the ultimate opportunist, Edge, 2005. Dan, since you love to hear yourself talk, give me a case for Sheamus because you can't. Oh, 100%. I'm not even giving you a case. I'm, I mean, I'll talk about the Edge match, but I'm not talking about the Sheamus match. Fine. Jaime, would you like to talk about the Sheamus match, or is this undefensible? No, definitely not defensible. Okay, well, just since I did all the research for the show, I'm going to give you the stats on how Sheamus won and who he cashed in on and all that stuff. Sheamus beat Dolph Ziggler, Kane, Kofi Kingston, the man that gravity forgot. Neville, uh, Randy Orton, and Roman Reigns. He held the briefcase for 161 days. He cashed in on Roman Reigns on November 22nd, 2015 at Survivor Series after Reigns defeated Dean Ambrose to win a vacant WWE Championship. It was one of the shortest reigns in Roman Reigns' career. So, I mean, we already know who won, and it seems like everybody wants to talk about the edge cash in now this was the first ever money in the bank match it was dreamed up by chris jericho it had chris benoit chris jericho christian that's a strong canadian match right there with four of the six being from the land up north kane and shelton benjamin actually i made a mistake earlier in the show this is the longest time held in days at 280 days edge cashed in on John Cena at New Year's Revolution on January 8th, 2006. He defeated Cena after Cena won the Elimination Chamber match where he took on Carlito, Chris Masters, Kane, Kurt Angle, and Shawn Michaels. He also defended his contract one time against arguably his greatest rival in his career, Matt Hardy. So, Dan, I'm going to start with you. Then we'll go to Jaime. Why was this one of the greatest cash-ins, despite, uh, obviously, other than be, it being the first one? Um, Let's talk about the, the heat that him and Hardy had when he defended that contract as well. Uh, also, I, if I'm remembering correctly, it was extremely unexpected for him to come out of the Elimination Chamber and do that cash-in. And, I mean, it's, it's his nickname, the Ultimate Opportunist. Right. This is actually he hadn't gotten it quite yet. He doesn't get that until a little bit later on in his career. 
uh, actually two years from now, roundabout, uh, a year and a half after this. But yeah, go on. I mean, I I just think also the nostalgia of it being the first ever one. It, it kind of it, it's going to be hard to beat. It's going to be hard to beat. Right now, me and you actually did a watch along of a match that I'll be getting to editing here hopefully soon about what happened a year or so before was it no it was after this and it had a lot of the same people in a lot of the same areas as well so just look forward to that here coming up on everywhere you can hear this podcast right now uh so there we are Jaime do you want to talk about edge a little bit before we move him on oh the only thing I can say here is this is the cash in that made edge a legit star like, even Edge credits his feud with John Cena on this cash-in. The greatest, one of the greatest of his career. All right, so Edge moves on. Let's take a little bit of a break. We kind of got to rush through the last bit of it. But just to give you guys a little frame of reference, out of the 68 men that have appeared in a Money in the Bank ladder match or have defended their money in the bank briefcases. There is Braun Strowman is 2-0-1 in times where the briefcase has been defended or won. CM Punk is 2-2. Two and two. Brock Lesnar is 1-0. and oh. And I do believe oh, Damian Sandow is 1-1. One one. Dolph Ziggler has actually defended the briefcase three times, but he's also lost in five other matches. Edge is 3-2. John Cena is 2-1. And I do believe, oh, wait, Rob Van Dam is two and two. Seth Rollins is one and oh, and that's it. Those are the only people that have a 500 or winning record in batches where the briefcase was either defended or the briefcase was won. A little bit of shocking there with some of those stats. So now that we know that, let's move on to round two. We have RVD in 2006. Versus Seth Rollins in 2014. Now, these are both very strong cash-ins. We talked about them. Just a little reminder, RVD defeated John Cena. Seth Rollins, he took on and defeated Roman and Brock at WrestleMania. Now, this is one hell of a matchup. Dan, I think I know where you're going with this. Who wins? This is the... I just lost my spot. Where are we at? I'm so sorry. RVD, Seth Rollins. Ah, uh, RVD. Really? Yeah. Jaime, who do you have? I'm going Seth, Seth Rollins here. Does he need any further explanation? Oh, well, I want to hear why Dan... The title run. Okay. Yeah, I want to hear why Dan thinks RVD 06. The cash-in. ECW one-night stand. I still think Rollins was better. As far as the shock value and the match and everything else, I mean, and I wanted, to, I wanted to get you involved a little bit. I, I think you can see a case for either, so we'll we'll let you make the decision. Well, the thing is, ECW One Night Stand was great, but this was the second one. It wasn't the emotion that the first one had. WrestleMania 31 is WrestleMania. You know, this was kind of, I mean, this was one of the. You can put it up there with. 17, 18, three, uh, one, a few of them in the twenties. This was a top five WrestleMania. And this was the main event, the biggest WrestleMania moment of one of the best WrestleManias. 
I mean, don't forget, I just wanted to cause a little controversy here. I was the one that pointed out that Rollins was the only one to cash in successfully and cash in, period, at a WrestleMania. Exactly. So, I and you also know Rollins is one of my all-time favorite wrestlers. I just wanted to give us something to talk about here for a minute. Yeah, Rollins moves on, and he's got a huge matchup coming up because the next ones are Brock Lesnar, CM Punk, 10 years apart, Lesnar 2019, Punk 09. It's hard to beat Brock here, but Dan, make me a case for CM Punk. First two-time winner. Defeated Jeff Hardy and Edge in the ladder match. And he's the only back-to-back winner. Fair enough. Jaime, can Punk overcome Brock Lesnar? Hi, May. Hi, May. You're muted. Oh, sorry. Punk. I'm going with Punk here because he already defeated Brock and his title reigns are more meaningful. So I'm going with Punk here. Fair enough. Dan, you going with Brock or you going with Punk? I'm going with Punk. Ooh, honestly, a shocker there. Just mainly because of how strong Brock was for. I mean, I know he's a part-timer and everything. I think there might be a little bit of bias in there uh, when it comes to me and Jaime going with Punk, but I wasn't going with Brock. I wasn't going with Brock to give you the opportunity to uh, move him forward. Sorry, bud. Okay. Second round match, Daniel Bryan, John Cena. Now, they're only separated by less than a year here as far as the height of what's going on. Just to give you a little refresher here. Uh, Daniel Bryan won his in December 18th, 2011 at TLC. John Cena. I thought Kane moved on. No, no, it was Cena and and Daniel Bryan. Oh, wow. So we have John Cena and Daniel Bryan. You voted for Cena, dude. No, I know, but I thought you and Jaime voted for Kane. No, I totally voted for Cena. Uh, So we have literally seven Eight months apart in a few days, in a week. John Cena, Daniel Bryan. Jaime, who do you have? I'm going with Daniel Bryan here. He already defeated Cena when they had a match, for the title, when they had a match. And plus, in my in my personal opinion, I believe that Daniel Bryan will thrive more holding the briefcase than John Cena. Because John Cena can stand alone even without the money in the back briefcase. He's going to get his title shots. Compelling. Agree or disagree, Daniel? I agree. As much as I love John Cena, uh, I can't go back on that passionate argument that I made for Daniel Bryan earlier. So Daniel Bryan moves on. Last match of the second round, Randy Orton 2013, Edge 05. Huge, huge moments in wrestling history for the WWE. I'm going with Edge 05. Interesting. Why? First ever winner defended the contract and the surprise cash in because this is what the whole purpose of the money in the bank was about was to be an opportunist was to get that chance when your opponent was down and out the most. And this is one of the storylines that they ran to a T with the purpose that they needed to. He cashed in after Cena won. The Elimination Chamber match. 
Jaime. I agree with Dan. I agree with Dan with Edge because uh, the, or- the Orton the Orton cash in is more of a storyline for the authority rather than Orton's own storyline. And Edge's storyline was the purpose of the creation of the Money in the Bank ladder match. Yeah. All right. Fine. You wanted to argue that, but when 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 you hear us explain it, it's hard for you to argue that purpose. I think Jaime had the had the best point there where, yeah, it was Edge. I mean, he's right. Daniel Bryan, that was the storyline for the authority, not for not for Orton. So, yeah, begrudgingly, you are correct. All right. Let's go back to some money in the bank stats. We have I'll, I'll leave it up to you guys without looking at the research I sent you. Who? has been cashed in on the most. Cena. Yeah, Cena. Half right, yes. Roman Reigns and John Cena have both been cashed in on three times. Seth Rollins has been cashed in on twice, as has CM Punk. Other names that have had cash-ins, The Undertaker, Edge, Jeff Hardy, Chris Jericho, Rey Mysterio, Randy Orton, The Big Show, Alberto Del Rio, Daniel Bryan, Brock Lesnar, Jinder Mahal, and Drew McIntyre. So check that out. The last are two of the three members of 3MB have been cashed in on. All right, let's go to the semifinals. And we have two huge matches to come in for Seth Rollins, 2014, Brock Lesnar, 2019. Who do we have, fellas? No. No, Brock Lesnar did not move on. You're right. I typed the wrong name. I will fix that now. Okay, so Rollins 14, Daniel Bryan. No. Oh, Oh, God dang it. Seth Rollins, 2014, CM Punk, 2009. Now, regardless of me just proving you were wrong every single time there, hey, it didn't change early, my dude. answer. Um, it, It's got to be Rollins, 2014. Okay, why? Only cash in at WrestleMania. Shocked the hell out of the world when he did it to you. Do you remember the eruption? That was in that stadium when he came down that ramp. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I just watched it the other day. It, it was great, but. I'm not sure I can defend punk here. Jaime, do you agree? Yeah, I agree. Seth Rollins 2014, because this was the time that Seth Rollins was already the star, a star without the title. And CM Punk 2009, he was still just rising. During All right. This time. So. So Punk 2009 moves on, right? No, no. I got it right. I got it right this time. I got it right this time. Second semifinal match, Daniel Bryan 2011 versus Edge 2005. So here we are. We are at the battle of the beginning of the Yes Movement versus Versus, the historic first ever Money in the Bank. So... I'm I'm going with Edge here. The history there. Uh, I th- I think this is the lead up to a movement. It's not the whole reason there. It's not the whole purpose. But I'm I'm going with uh, going with Edge. 
Mr. Aldecoa? Yeah, I'm also going with Ed Sheard. Like, his 2005 run has a better storyline than Brian's 2011 Yes Movement, in my opinion. I, I, I want to argue, but can you imagine if we actually ever got this match when both of these guys were in their prime? If we would have got Daniel Bryan and Edge in 2007. Can you just imagine that? Like, just how freaking... Uh, like, even if they did it now in 2021, that's still must-see TV. Put that on a SmackDown. I'm going to watch it. I want to argue Daniel Bryan here, but I think you guys are right. You know... Who was it? Cheryl Crow always said the first cut is the deepest. I think it applies here. I'll tell you what, this is a hell of a finals. Yep, but before we get that far, let's talk about two matches that had money in the bank. How do I want to say this? Ramifications. And that is Edge defeating Mr. Kennedy one day. He held a briefcase for one day because Raw and SmackDown Monday and Tuesday. He beat Mr. Kennedy, waited until SmackDown the next day, cashed in on The Undertaker, which this is where he got the ultimate opportunist, I guess, nickname. It was on the May 8th, 2007 SmackDown after The Undertaker and Batista went to a draw and Mark Henry attacked The Undertaker. That is a lot of poundage in the ring right there. So that was the first time that the briefcase was, I guess, overtaken by somebody that wasn't a wasn't the actual winner. The second time happened just recently. It was Hell in the Cell in 2020. Otis, who... Now, we're going to talk about this one for a second. Otis winning the Money in the Bank, he didn't make the cut as far as the title as far as this bracket right here, but the Miz beat him after Otis held the briefcase for 193 days. The Miz would go on, of course, and cash it in on Drew McIntyre at the Elimination Chamber on February 21st, 2020. Um, Interesting things to point out here. He defeated Drew after Drew won an Elimination Chamber match over AJ Styles, Sheamus, Randy Orton, Kofi, and Jeff Hardy. He attempted a cash-in at TLC, but it was ruled invalid because John Morrison cashed it in on his behalf. And this is the longest combined, I guess, rule of a briefcase being won and between a briefcase being won and a successful cash in at over 300 days. It was actually 312, if my math is correct. Um, But let's talk a little bit about the Otis match. He defeated AJ Styles, Aleister Black, who is the new debuting or the newest debuting superstar on AEW. Daniel Bryan, Baron Corbin, and Rey Mysterio. He held a briefcase for 193 days, and he lost it at Hell in a Cell, October 25th, 2020. This a match. This match occurred at Money in the Bank. It was the same time as the Women's Money in the Bank match, and it was the only Men's Money in the Bank match during the COVID era. Now, the one thing I want to talk about here: Did Otis win this by accident? Was he just no. in the right place at the right time? No. Uh, right place, right time. I I agree with that. I think that the storyline with him and Mandy Rose was so hot, and they wanted to do something different. 
So it they was gave, a shock. They, so they put the briefcase on him. It was more entertainment than action. Actually, yeah. To be honest. Well, wasn't that which the sometimes era, which, which sometimes I, I wish they did a little I mean, bit more often. You look at the WrestleMania in 2020 where they just went to all the because or well, was that that was this year's WrestleMania with the rain and everything else where they cut to all these guys cutting fantastic promos. I mean, the card itself was a little underwhelming, but maybe the WWE should have learned that lesson. Ugh. Anyway, so we got that. Let's talk about the finals before I give you some women's stats and we run through them real quick. Seth Rollins, 2014 Edge. 2005. I get goosebumps thinking about it. This is another match where I would like to see in 2014. I would have liked to see in 2005 when Seth Rollins was still Tyler Black and 19 years old or something like that. Or I'd see right now. Daniel. No, Jaime has to go first here. Fair enough. I guess I don't run the show after all. Jaime. I have to really think about – I have to let him pick what he wants to defend, and I have to build my case for the other one either way. So he has to go first. I'm going to give him the leverage. What do you got, Jaime? I'm going to base this on the actual title run after the cash-in. And back when Rollins cashed in and held held the title, he was considered one of the weakest champions because he he never won clean but he never really won he never like edge also, edge never won clean as well but at least edge did it on his own he was the ultimate opportunist he didn't he took advantage of things on his own he didn't rely on the authority to do things for him so i'm going with edge here jaime 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 i think he's going a little senile or he just doesn't remember <laughs> Edge in 2005. Jaime, Jaime, Jaime. Was that the, I give was that you Vicky? No, that was Edge and Lita. I and give the you Edgeheads the opportunity <laughs> to pick what you want to defend, and that is the case that you give me. You're almost making this a slam dunk for me. You talked about Edge. And how weak Rollins' title reign was, that is probably one of the best title reigns in recent memory when it comes to somebody who isn't named Bobby Lashley or Drew McIntyre. Oh, interesting. That's a conversation we're going to have to talk about next week. Probably one of the best title reigns you can think of. On top of that, how do you not decide to defend the fact that that is the first and ever money in the bank when Rollins cashed in at WrestleMania 31, the spectacle of all spectacles, the biggest one there was the loudest crowd pop you ever heard for a money in the bank cash in. And he did it over two of the Goliaths in the WWE of recent memory, Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns. All right, before hands down, Dan, Rollins, 2014. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm going to give you time to think about this, okay? I'm going to give you some time because before we announce our winner, let's talk about the females. Let's talk about what goes on there. Now, I have a trivia question for you. There have been a grand total of six, well, soon to be six 
Money in the Bank women's Money in the Bank ladder matches. Who is the only woman that will appear in all six? Carmella. That is correct. She is also the only woman to be a two-time winner. Although Alexa Bliss and Asuka can do that, and maybe Bailey, we'll find out who the next two participants are, can do that this year. All right, just to give you some stuff, okay? Uh, Carmella actually won it twice, but she won the same briefcase twice, thanks to Mr. James Ellsworth, or whatever he was called. Uh, she held it for two days before it was vacated by GM Daniel Bryan on SmackDown because of Ellsworth. The rematch happened, well, the same night she was vacated. It was Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair, Natalia, and Tamina. She won it again. She held a briefcase for 287 days, cashed in on Charlotte Flair, also on a SmackDown. Exact. Oh, that's my math is wrong there, but something happened. Uh, and interesting and interestingly enough, her cash in came on the heels of the debut of the Iconics. The next Money in the Bank match happened 2008 at Money in the Bank. Alexa Bliss defeated Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair, Ember Moon, Lana, Naomi, Natalia, and Nikki Cross. She cashed in whew, two hours and 52 minutes later on Nia Jax at the same event. Uh, her cash in. Her attack caused a disqualification victory for Ronda Rousey, which ultimately kept the title on Nia and then cashed in on Nia. The next Money in the Bank happened in 2019. This was won by Bailey over Carmella, Dana Brooke, Ember Moon, Mandy Rose, Naomi, Natalia, and Nikki Cross. She held the title for, I don't have the amount of minutes, but it wasn't a lot. She also cashed in on Charlotte Flair at the same event. Uh, this was after Charlotte defeated Becky. Becky beat down, I'm sorry, Charlotte was, oh, wow. Oh. Okay, let me read that again. After Charlotte defeated Becky, Becky was beat down by Charlotte and Lacey Evans. Bailey made the save and attacked Charlotte to win. How? So there you go. Beck, or Bailey basically turned on Charlotte and became the heel that we now know and love. It was one of the shortest title reigns Charlotte Flair ever had, and this is also the shortest time a female held the Money in the Bank briefcase. In 2020, Asuka defeated Carmella, Dana Brooke, Lacey Evans, Nia Jax, and Shayna Baszler. She held the title for one day, and this was because this was obviously during the COVID era and occurred at the same time of the men's match. Asuka opened the briefcase the next night on Raw and it revealed the vacant Raw Women's Championship. It was vacated because Becky Lynch was going to be a mother. Now, let's talk about this year's match. 2021 will feature Alexa Bliss, Asuka, Carmella, Naomi, Nikki Cross, Selena Vega, and two players to be named later. It's also interesting to note that April had two Money in the Bank cash-ins. May and June had the other ones. And Alexa Bliss, Asuka, and Bailey are all 1-0 and o in the Money in the Bank ladder match. Carmella is 2-2. Two and two. That being said, no other woman has won, and no other woman is even close to having a winning record. The 
Matches have been won five times at Money in the Bank, with once on SmackDown, obviously, that Carmella win on April 10th, 2018. Um, the briefcases have been cashed in twice on SmackDown, twice at Money in the Bank, and technically once on Raw, even though it wasn't really a cash-in. Charlotte Flair has been cashed in on twice. Nia Jax has been cashed in on one time. Now, this is all subject to change after the next Money in the Bank ladder match. I will be up dating this spreadsheet and it's going to be a long and arduous process that being said daniel make your case you already kind of gave it away but i want to hear officially officially who is your winner of this tournament seth rollins 2014 okay we heard your defense is there anything else you want to add before we go to Jaime, and I educate my ruling. Go ahead. I'll move forward. There, <laughs> the, nothing weak, the weak defense that he made, and you think I, 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 I need just, to make a better defense? Hey, I'm covering all of my bases. You know how I feel about, I mean, I made a passionate defense of Seth Rollins in 2014. You know how I feel about how that match went down, all the shocking surprises and everything else. As I was going through this, as I was coming up with all these winners and replaying stuff in my mind and rewatching stuff on the WWE Network brought to you by Peacock or however you want to, you know, promote that or, 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 you know, whatever. I was going through and the only one that still give there's two that still give me chills and that's these two. But I remember exactly where I was when Rollins won in 2014. I was sitting right here. I had my recliner here instead of my computer chair, but I was sitting right here and I was watching it and I thought, wow, this is a really good match between Brock and Roman, despite nobody really wanting to see it at the time. And then you hear, I guess that's drum and guitar at the beginning of that. And you see Rollins running and it was a long run. I believe they were in San Francisco at the time. It was a long run and you just see him sprinting with that briefcase. And yeah. You know, he sat there and it, I mean, it was just it was so good. It was so, so good. But then, you know, I was I, I watched the edge one back again because I'm kind of working through some 05 stuff because this is right before I, I I mean, this is my senior year in high school. I was getting ready to go into the Marine Corps. So wrestling was kind of in a back seat for me. But I remember watching this one live, too, and I just that feeling, you know. Because you see Cena, I believe he had a little bit of blood on his face. That could have been from Shawn Michaels. And and you see him, and he's laying on his back as as everything's getting lifted up. There's confetti stuck to his face. And then you hear uh, uh, pretty close to the same entrance that Rollins, you know, the beginning entrance with that drum roll thing. And you see Edge come down, and he, he comes through the, the fog, and he hands over the briefcase, and then he just massacres john cena it was such just the moments were so good and yes we're stalling for time here but oh man it, it's so hard to make a decision here um but while we're waiting oh hi mayor are you back yeah i'm gonna give you one last shot give me your winner and tell me why i'm going with i'm still going with edge 2005 here oh oh now I gotta make a decision. Why? I mean, we already heard why. 
But is there anything else you would like to say before I give out my final ruling? Uh, it basically gave us an idea of how money in the bank works, like the cash in, how how the superstars can cash in, like the ways and how they could. It pretty much gave us an idea of because it was the first ever, so we didn't have an idea how is it going to be cashed in. Is it going to be cashed in the week week before? Was it going to be? It pretty much gave us an idea. It pretty much made the narrative for the Money in the Bank briefcase. I want to come out and say both of you can suck it. Why do you guys make me make these decisions? Because this... Either way I go, it's not going to be a wrong answer. Either of these two guys can win. Hey, if he don't pick what I want... I want a new contract. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the very definition of not just blackmail, but terrorism. Threatening to destroy something we all love here at the Caps Locks and Chair Shots podcast, meaning this show, because Dan's not getting his way. I was talking to my agent. Thank you. Uh, Yeah. Still, it counts. (sighs) Can I call this a tie? Do we got to give a winner? Can we simulate this on something? Can we go to WWE 20? Never mind. That's a terrible game. Um, God. It really, it really is a tough decision, and I'm really glad that I'm really glad that Jaime is making you get involved in this. Because if he didn't, I was going to. That's why I made him go first. I'm gonna go Rollins 2014, and I do not feel great about it. So there you have it. In well, here, how about this, Ed? Since you picked mine, because I'm, maybe maybe my blackmail, you know, might have played a, a slight, you know. Sure. We can call it a tie. Nope. I already put it in and I already clicked away and you can't edit text once you put it in paint. And I'm not erasing it. So Seth Rollins 2014 is the champion of Money in the Bank champions. Now I'm going to have to clean this up because I use lower cases before I send it to Jaime to use for our title screen on his website. Jaime, what is that website you, you have? Yeah, I'm actually having problems with it. Smarksource.com. Okay. I'm actually having problems with it lately. That's why we, we switched to Facebook. Oh, very well. Uh, well, uh, just to give you guys a heads up, we, we mentioned it before. We're going to mention it again. Dan and I did a watch along of a very, I mean, just a fantastic match that came at the end of a Monday Night Raw. Daniel, how did you feel about rewatching that? And as soon as I remember which one it is, we'll get it to you. Uh, let's see, what was it, 2011, I believe? I want to say it was 2011. It was Michaels versus Cena. Oh, Raw in London, yes. Uh no, it was 423.07. It was a Raw in London. We watched the final match of that card. It was over an hour long, or almost an hour long. It was John Cena, Shawn Michaels. It was There was also supposed to be Edge and Randy Orton. Find out more about that Raw when I get that episode posted, probably tomorrow or over the weekend. Dan and I had a fun little watch along with that. Jaime couldn't join us, but that's okay. Me and Dan are going to do a few more of those down the road. Um, guys, let's close it out. Anything we missed, Dan? 
Not that I can think of. I think this was one hell of a show, and I expect nothing but more greatness like this to come from us because this is something that you can look forward to on the Caps Locks and Chair Shots podcast. I may. Did we miss anything? I don't think we missed anything in this episode with regards to Money in the Bank and the winners and our discussions. But speaking of Money in the Bank, somebody's returning to compete in the women's Money in the Bank. Oh, do you have I was wondering if he was going to give that prediction. Hi, May. Would you like to enlighten us? Zelina Vega. Well, yeah, we already have that. We already talked about that. You guys had your opportunity. Just to break down what's coming up on Money in the Bank, we're going to do this show next week. It'll be our Money in the Bank preview show. We have the men's match, Ricochet, Morrison, Riddle, McIntyre, Big E, Kevin Owens, Cesaro, Seth Rollins, Nakamura, and Baron Corbin. That is a or Nakamura or Baron Corbin. It's probably going to be Nakamura because I don't like what they're doing with Baron Corbin, but that's another show for another time. We have Asuka, Naomi, Alexa, Nikki, Carmella, Selena Vega, and two more TBD. We should find that out coming up on Friday. Maybe a surprise, maybe two. Uh, Bobby Lashley with MVP is going to take on Kofi Kingston with Xavier Woods, which should be, I don't know. I see a potential shocker there. Maybe we see a cash in on Kofi. Uh, that's going to be pretty interesting unless, I mean, that's that's the next show. Rhea Ripley will take on Charlotte Flair. Roman Reigns with Paul Heyman will take on Edge in a match we should have seen three months ago. Bianca Belair will defend her championship against Bayley in an I Quit match. That's something I am looking forward to as well. Not to mention, we're probably going to see the tag team titles on the pre-show. And maybe an Intercontinental match. I'm not even sure who the Intercontinental Champion is right now. And I think we're going to see Owens and Zayn. Um, I think we're going to see Sami Zayn get involved in that Money in the Bank. But that's all next week. But as always, if you're not down with what you hear and you're not down with the Caps Locked and Chair Shots podcast, I got two words for you. Keep listening.